The following podcast contains explicit language. Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Monday, April 11th, the ADHD Accommodations Edition. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who's nine, and we live in Los Angeles. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom to three littles, Henry, who's 10, Oliver, who's seven, and Teddy, who's five. We live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I'm Zach Rosen. I host the show, The Best Advice Show. It's a podcast featuring your best advice. And I live in Detroit with my family. My daughter Noah is four and my son Ami is one. Happy Monday, listeners. I hope everyone has prepared themselves for the week to come. And preparation is actually the name of the game today because we've got an interesting question from a listener whose child just got evaluated for ADHD. She's performing well in school, but our listener can't help but to worry about what may come next. What can she do to make sure she's ready to help her child if the situation presents itself? We'll also do a round of recommendations, but first, in the spirit of preparation, we thought it would be fun to set some intentions for the week. Zach, what are you going to be focusing on? Are there any challenges that you foresee going forward? Always challenges. I've been feeling just the weight of all the shit I have to do from parenting to professional to like being a good friend and, you know, family member. So it's just been feeling like <sighs> relentless. And I have to remember, and the thing that I'm I'm trying to set as my intention is like, just like focus on your to-do list, put like important things on your to-do list also that are not just work things, but like call your friend and just like do them one thing at a time. You can't do it all at once. You can only do things one at a time. So I'm trying to remember that. I am in your boat and have decided my <laughs> intention is that April showers bring May flowers. But for me, it is the showering of the things to do. And April is always really crazy because I have to make decisions on school for next year. Since we're homeschooling, we have to decide. I know last year I like dragged it out to the last moment with the help of all you lovely listeners who gave me your thoughts. We are setting up to decide, make some new decisions this year. So I, that needs to happen. But also trying to like be present while I do that and not be so involved in like what is going to happen next year that I forget that like we still have months here to finish out this school year. So just this trying to really get through this this week of April when all those decisions have to be made. Well, this week, while you're listening to this, I am in Chicago, God willing, with Naima. And this is our first family trip since uh, the beginning of the pandemic. And so my intention is to be present, to have some meaningful time with my parents, and to be here. I have work to do. It's kind of stressful traveling in just the middle of a regular kind of period of busyness and obligation. But I really want to make the best of this time because we haven't been able to be here in so long. So that is my intention. Is there any Chicago food you're intending to get busy with? Oh, yes. I would like to have some deep dish pizza. So probably some Giordano's and some lunchroom butter cookies. I can't think of the name of the bakery that sells them, but they're available at a lot of Walgreens pharmacies on the South Side. But there were these butter cookies that they used to serve in Chicago public schools when I was a kid, and they're so good. And there are a few bakeries that make these cookies to this day, and I haven't had them in a while, and I want some butter cookies. So if you've ever had a lunchroom butter cookie, you know what I'm talking about. It's, a sh- it's like a shortbread. It's so good. You going to bring some home? Get some and bring them back? Hopefully. I u- they don't usually make it back. Yeah. <laughs> the plane, it's too tempting. 
it's too tempting, but hopefully I can uh, get some in my checks bag so we can have some when we get back to California. Well, good luck to us and good luck to all of you, too. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll get into today's listener question. All right, we're back and ready to hear today's question, which is being read, as always, by the fabulous Shasha Leonard. Hi, Mom and Dad. Our five-year-old kindergartner was recently evaluated as having ADHD by her school psychologist. My husband and I pushed for this evaluation because ADHD runs in both our families. Most of our family members, including my husband, were diagnosed as adults. My husband hated school and always felt that he was different from the other kids and that he wasn't very smart. He was relieved to get the ADHD diagnosis as an adult, but his lifetime of feeling like something was wrong with him has had long-term effects on his mental health. We do not want this path for our daughter, and one of our main reasons for wanting the evaluation was so that we could support her learning from the very beginning of her time in school so that she wouldn't feel left behind or discouraged. Her care team at school has been great. She has a 504, and while none of them feel like she needs an IEP at this point, they are committed to working with us throughout her time at school and will make changes as necessary. She luckily isn't having any behavioral issues, which we know can be common for kids with ADHD. For now, she is getting some extra help with reading, and it's honestly hard to say if she needed this help because she has ADHD or because of the numerous missed days for COVID quarantine. She loves school and is a happy, friendly kid who we are told is kind, polite, and also clear about when she needs a break at school. My question is, how do we approach talking to her about ADHD without feeling that something is wrong with her? We want her to feel empowered by her ADHD and not let it hold her back while also encouraging her to speak up with us. And if she feels comfortable, her teachers, when something isn't working for her. Can you recommend any resources that I should read or listen to as a non-ADHD parent to an ADHD kid? Thanks. We got the evaluation. Now what? What do you think, Elizabeth? One of my children has ADHD and has definitely progressed to being more of a quote unquote problem as school has picked up more and they need to do more. And the the first thing I want to say is that like ADHD is one of the largest diagnosed kind of learning disorders, however, um, neurodivergent ways of seeing people. And the only reason it's really considered a problem is because of the way society is set up. There are lots of real advantages for kids that have ADHD. And so I think one, you're on you're on the right page with your school in telling your daughter to ask for what she needs. There are also, though, parts of those societal obligations that you cannot change. But I think what you can do at this young age is start to set up systems that will work. So even if she is capable of like like doing chores, getting out the door, all of that kind of setting up the breakdown of, hey, to get out the door, we need our coat, we need our book bag, we need you know our lunch, whatever those things are, posting them, sort of doing those sort of things that set up like, hey, we go through these checklists because fundamentally, this is 
a executive functioning issue. So why it displays later is because as you get older, you're expected to have more of this executive functioning. And for ADHD kids, it's really hard because theirs just works differently. And so if you can set them up where they need to be set up for success, great. I think the other thing you can do is really play in to the strengths of ADHD, which is things like art, athletics, computer, mechanical abilities, this creativity and out-of-the-box thinking. So really encouraging her to speak up or express things when she sees things in a totally different way, or even at home when she thinks she can solve a problem a different way, letting her try that, even though that's not the path you as a non-ADHD brain would have taken, because they get a lot of success that way. And this is how they discover new things and a reason why we need neurodivergent people in our society. And we want them to be part of these groups and be kind of, I would say, part of the mainstream, right? Because if we all thought the same way, we are not going to get the best outcomes in any factor of life. So really encouraging them to be themselves. And I think even if you don't need any systems in place right now, start putting some in place for these executive functioning things, things like behavior management, just if you already have a strategy of how you're going to deal with the indiscretions that are very normal at this age, it will help your child as they get older. I did have two books that I found really helpful. One is What Your ADHD Child Wishes You Knew, and the other is called ADHD 2.0. And that'll just help you kind of know both of them have some of the research that's happening now and also some ideas on how to help your child. I will also say that this is like a really fast area of new information. So getting into some kind of group of parents that are you know, sharing scholarly articles and not just crazy stuff can be really helpful. And there are lots of support groups. I think a lot about I was a psychology major in college and did my sort of senior project on ADHD in girls because it was way underdiagnosed at the time because they didn't meet any of the symptoms that we were seeing in boys. And at that time, what we knew versus when I read these books about what we know now, it is like an entirely different world. So just keep your heads up. Things are constantly changing in this field. And I think just being aware of what your daughter's going through. I had a couple other books I wanted to add. One is Completely Matt, an ADHD story, and it's about a little boy who's living with ADHD, and he offends his friends, and he has to talk to them about what's going on with him, and so it may help with giving some language for your little one to kind of better understand what's going on with her um, and some of her social interactions. And the other one is My Whirling Twirling Motor. It's about a little boy named Charlie who feels like he has a never-ending motor inside of him all the time and he can't settle so it's got some other child-friendly language for talking about like what ADHD makes you feel like at times and some of the things that you do that can get you in trouble that don't always you know get the sort of understanding and empathy from the people around you that you would want I would just add to what Elizabeth and Zach said that I think it's really important that you emphasize that there's nothing wrong with your daughter, that something is simply different, you know, and that everyone is different and everyone learns in, you know, different ways and that there are, you know, things that other kids are grappling with that don't have names, 
you know, or names that we understand that make them different and present challenges to them. And the great thing about ADHD is that we have some level of understanding about it, you know, so there are things that we know that work that we can do to make school easier for you to help you, you know, manage your impulse control and your reactions to things and that we're just going to have to spend some time thinking about this. And that's okay. This is just part of the work of being you, you can handle it. You know, you're different. Being different is not a bad thing. Everyone's different in their own special ways. And this is one of yours. Yeah. And like, this kind of paradox of like, you're different, you're special. And so many other people, you know, have ADHD. And like, think about like, I was thinking about whatever areas she's interested in. Perhaps it's, you know, art or sports or whatever, just like Google, like, ADHD artists or ADHD athletes and be like, look, like your actual heroes have ADHD. This is nothing to be ashamed of. This is just like another mode of thinking. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. But and, and to your point, Elizabeth, like the the field is is changing so quickly. Like, you know, when we were kids, did we even talk about ADHD? Was that part of the I don't remember if it was even part of the vernacular when I was in elementary school. I think people got diagnosed, but it was more like the kid in class who caused all the problems, you know, got diagnosed with ADHD, and then you put them on Ritalin or some other and they were fine. And I mean, there has been just a complete shift to saying with many things like, hey, not all our brains work the way that the school system wishes, you know, how many of these diagnoses come, you might not notice if you weren't in a traditional school environment where you're asked to do all these things that some brains have an easy time doing and some brains have a harder time doing. Some brains have an easy time doing math, right? Or speaking languages. (laughs) Like Some don't. And like genuinely like framing it as like a gift. Like some ADHD kids, like once they find something they're interested in, they're just going to be burrowing deep into whatever that is. And like, you know, some of your classmates, they couldn't do that if they tried. So just like, again, like emphasizing that like this is a really cool thing that your brain does um that a lot of other people's brains do as well and just normalizing it just just talking about it like it's normal because it is normal like you don't have to like you know gingerly walk around it it's just like talk about it because this is normal and this is this is you and this is a very common thing i think also you need to make sure that it's never used as an excuse because that's something i ran into just in some of the language we were using with henry and his diagnosis of pandas that like, how do we understand that we're living with this and maybe we have different expectations, but it's still not an excuse for certain things. So, and and that can be too talking about like, how do I get the accommodations I need to do these things, right? And ask for them so that it doesn't become this excuse of like, well, I can't do that. I have ADHD, right? As opposed to saying like, well, no, I need different things to get to that same goalpost. And I think exactly like what you're suggesting in, in talking a lot about how it, it is kind of the superpower. Like you have this hyper-focus, you have these other gifts using that to say like, well, how can we use what we do have, right? Like, so we do have this hyper-focus. We do have this ability to think about things in a much broader perspective. How do we use that to get to the same point? And how do I set up systems that help me 
with the things in society that I cannot change, right? That there are still appointment times and I still have to get out of the house with all these things, whether or not that's easy for me. So how do I set myself up for success? And, and you can start doing that now. Well, letter writer, we appreciate you for listening. We hope that this was helpful and we would certainly love an update. Thank you so much for writing in. And remember, you can always send your parenting conundrums to mom and dad at slate.com. Okay, it's time for some recommendations. Elizabeth, what do you have for us? My car was like so dirty from the snow and like spring is coming. So now it's just like the muck that's all over my car. And typically we we wash the car ourselves. The kids did that a lot in Florida. But they have been begging me to go to a car wash, which I realized we never used in the Netherlands. And then in Florida, it was like an easy activity most days to be like, go wash the car. It's warm enough, which is not here. So I drove the seven and five-year-old through a car wash and it was amazing. What if they stop one and then stop two? So what do you think is going to happen now? They're coming at us again. <laughs> no, why do we have to do it too? This is what? We're getting rinsed now. Ooh, I love the water sprayer. So go drive your kids through a car wash. It's super fun. <laughs> they were like buckled in, <laughs> so I didn't have to worry about them. They had a great time. I felt great because my car was clean. I highly recommend it. That's so cute. I'm not like a neat freak, but like I keep my stuff in order to a certain degree. My car is so disgusting. It's like I gross myself out every day from the like mush and crumbs and it's so nasty. I need a car wash. You've inspired me. I do use the shop back a lot. And I put a yoga mat down and where the car mat should be so I can just shake it out every day. But the car wash was so therapeutic. I felt my soul also be cleaned from the dirt of winter. <laughs> I'm recommending a product you should probably buy now because I'm like pretty certain it won't exist in a year. These are Cheez-It Puffs like Cheez-It Puff apostrophe D puffed their cheese puffs made by Cheez-It. Naima didn't love them even though she did come back to eat some after she said I don't like these I don't want any. I finished the bag. They were pretty good. I would say they're I mean they're cheese puffs so in the, they're in the family of the Cheeto puffs or pirate's booty but they're square and they're so light. They're just like a texture you have not experienced before. And you should. I don't know if they're good or not, per se, but they are complex and interesting. They're satisfying somehow, and I think they're just worth a shot. I'm not often wrong, but I have a pretty good gauge for looking at, even if I don't try them, looking at a new product and knowing if it's going to like make it or not. I'm like, this is not, nope, this isn't it. These, these guys aren't, are, they weren't built to last, but absolutely worth trying and they also apparently have a scorching hot cheddar one if anyone tries that i would like to hear about it because i'm curious but i don't know if i'm curious enough to actually like eat it is there a particular drink you like to chase these with i have water with mine but i would imagine that this would be extremely good with the pepsi or any cola so this doesn't count as mine but i just want to piggyback off the puffs. i splurged at this new grocery store near our house for it's from our friends at Kellogg's. They're called Townhouse Flip Sides. So one half is salty pretzel and the other half is like that buttery, you know, like club cracker. They're great with like a cheese stick, you know? It's a good snack for, for cheese stick and cracker. Maybe a little bubble water. Very good. So that's my impromptu recommendation. But my 
the one that I had prepared, I, I have another movie recommendation this week. It's from great American filmmaker Mike Mills, his latest. It's called Come On, Come On. So it stars Joaquin Phoenix as like a radio documentary maker, podcaster, and he has to take care of his nephew because uh, Joaquin Phoenix's sister is dealing with some family stuff. So it's him and his nephew going around the country interviewing actual kids um, about what the future is going to be like. And a few of the kids are actually from the school in Detroit that my friend started, the Bog School. So I didn't even know that they were about to, they were going to like be in this movie when I went in the theater and I like flipped out. It's very exciting. Um, but it's a gorgeous film and it, it, it takes on Uncle Dumb and parenting really beautifully and sensitively. And Gabby Hoffman plays the kid's mom, Joaquin Phoenix's sister, and she's just like brilliant. And it's a great movie for people who like, you know, beautifully composed little indies with like great scores and people with like cool hairdos and outfits and stuff and where can we see this i saw it in the theaters but now it's on showtime so if you don't have showtime on demand just email my dad and he'll give you his sign in sign up for that free trial or like you can rent it on prime or apple for like five bucks totally worth it he made 20th century women with annette benning and greta gerwig a couple years ago he's great very nice well with that this concludes our show for the week We'll be back in your feed on Thursday. And of course, you can subscribe so you don't miss that. If you rely on this show for parenting advice, you also might want to consider signing up for Slate Plus. It's the best way to support us. Members will never hear another ad on this or any other Slate podcast. To sign up now, go to slate.com slash mom and dad plus. Again, that's slate.com slash mom and dad plus. This episode of Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Jasmine Ellis. For Elizabeth Newcamp and Zach Rosen, I'm Jamila Lemieux. Thank you for listening.